everyone, welcome to our bonus episode for this week. It's listener questions time. Is it? Yeah, we've got some questions. We're going to answer two of them. We're, yeah, we're back for holidays. We haven't done this questions for a while, so I thought we'd do one this week. There's um, a few got... questions we're not going to answer, like how dare you and who do you think you are. And... Going away and not doing a podcast for or... two weeks. How do you have an opinion on something than I do? Everyone was lovely. Why do you like Stephen so much? That's what self-explanatory. <laughs> no, um, we, we've got two list of questions that have been in our banks for a little while. And the first one is from Mr. Mark. Mr. Mark. Mr. Mark. Who says, who are the top contenders for personality changes across the years? Me. How, how have you changed? I started off quite nice as a child, and now I've just become bitter and twisted. Yeah, it's true, everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I fell for it. No, um, so he, Mark, Mark goes into more detail here. So he wants us to talk about personality changes, which is definitely a thing we've um, mentioned on and off in the podcast before, but it'll be quite interesting to get into that in a bit more depth. Um, he also says, did you prefer them before or after the change? When exactly oh, do you th- do you think the change happened? <laughs> well, you're over 40 now, Science. Gemma. Science. <laughs> was it to do with a specific story or was it a slow progression slash natural progression? And why do you think the show decided to take the characters in the direction they went in? This is very interesting, isn't it, this question? I think Thanks so. Mark. Um, he, Mark suggests Gail, Sally, um, and even says Rita at times during mm. the mid-2000s decade when um, they seem to alter her a little from the more serious character she was in the 80s and 90s to a a more or less full-on comedy with Norris and Emily. Um, so there's probably, I mean, there's, there's loads that we can talk about here. Um, let, let, should, we, should we have a chat about Mark's suggestions first? Um, I mean, Gail is is, is an obvious answer and uh, one that lots of people will bring up if we say, you know, who's changed? Why isn't Corrie as good as it can used I to be? Can I just say something quickly, though, about the whole general idea about personality changes? And and we've had definitely have had discussions on the podcast about it feels in recent times that characters are a lot more malleable mm. and a lot of people will talk about, you know, old Cory versus new Cory and one of the distinctive differences it feels to me and it you know, there's lots of biases and, and uh, not necessarily true that it's just your perception which may not be correct. But it does feel as though the stories are the the show is based on stories rather than characters, and they don't mind changing the the characters to fit the stories. I think, I uh, yeah, it, it happens, not, but not. And, it's and, not like a massive epidemic of no completely. I think characters still generally act in the way that you would expect them to. It's not often, honestly, it's not often where I look at a character who does or says something and I say, no, there's no way they'd do that. But I, I mean, think if they they've got a story they want to tell then that may well, well trump characterisation sometimes. The biggest and most obvious one is uh, the spider in the room. Spider. Yes. Personality change to fit the story. They tried to explain why he would have become an undercover policeman. And, you know, like I said before, I was totally on board and I came up with my own theories as to why. But the, the, the reasons they gave were so weak, it just made me think that they were they weren't really concerned with preserving a lot of the elements of the character and they just wanted a story I still based on the the back you know the the back uh, relationship between him and Toya I still got a lot of spider from Martin's performance oh, of him recently Martin Hancock knows how to play spider more than the writers know how to write for him well, you know, is it the writers? Is it the story producers? Is it is it Ian at the top? I I don't know where to to. Well, I know. Yeah, when we there. say writers or story, you know, um, 
a writer, it can be many things on Coronation Street. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like sometimes the writers get a bit of flack the when it's not... The scriptwriter is given. a different person to the person yeah. who produces the storylines, the person who... The, there are so many working parts that... Um, there's, I think, honestly, the, the calling somebody a writer on Coronation Street is... is so generic and vague yeah. that it doesn't it doesn't really exist as a job title, does it? It's, I still it's felt he idea. was he was very much Spider, and maybe it's just you know is it is it the look, is it the voice, is it is it whatever? Um, but I, yeah. I suppose if you if you're giving him this job of undercover police officer, then yeah, there are definitely going to be some things that the character will do that doesn't necessarily gel with the way that they might have acted before. I but I still think the way that he did things was quite spidery. Enough has been said about Spider and, and the way that his character is different now, but that's just the most glaring... That's the... You know, Mark says, what are your top contenders? I'm saying... That. Well, you know, we're only a couple of days into it, but we'll have to watch this space with old Henry as well if we're talking about keeping right up to date, aren't we? Yeah. So we're on Monday's episode, definitely, subdued. definitely more subdued than he used to be. Still love him. Didn't didn't seem as goofy or twittish as he had been in the past, but you know, he was do, he did have his business hat He's on. He's got business things to yeah, do. Yeah, he had he had very important business. Do. Anyway, Gail, can we go back to Gail because oh, this is I Mark's mean, suggestion. Yeah, Gail, Mark, Sally, and Rita. Yeah, I mean. It, 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 that really is a night and day. I think if you were to show like clips of Spider now, clips of Spider in the late nineties, yeah, you go, oh yeah, they, you know, they look kind of the same. But Gail really you is. Don't mean look the same. No, they, 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 they seem to be putting on the same character. They're yeah. acting the same way. But Gail is so night and day. Um, especially, you know, on classic at the moment, we're just coming out of the other side of the Richard Hillman saga, and she's dealing with the situation so well. She's had her whole world blown apart. She's got the kids that she has to think about. Um, and and then everybody's getting at her. Vera and Jack, or Vera really is accusing her of being in on it. And Gail is staying strong. And that very much ties in with how her character had been portrayed up until that point. I don't remember too much about what she was like when she first came into it in the 70s. I mean, she was more of a kind of a flighty teenager, wasn't she? But I think once she... That when she was with Brian and when she became a mum, um, she definitely she definitely was a lot more responsible and with it <laughs> than she is now, I suppose. And I I don't really know when the change did happen. Has she always been like that since the podcast has been on? I I don't really know. <laughs> as as Mavis might say, I I would say I don't. You know, cause she was she was a cleaner for a little bit, and I think. That began her... Mm. I think once they started having her say, I'm going to do a good old bottoming around her, it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe it was that push down the stairs that David gave her. Mm. Because even even when David was being tear-away troubled teen, and that was the mid to early 2000s, I think, Dave, I think Gail was... You know, she was able to push back on him a little bit, but maybe, maybe that was it. Maybe it's it's David that's <laughs> that's worn her down, and because he's maybe the character is we're we're supposed to be sympathising with David. We're supposed to be finding him funny because he's so dry and sarcastic. Then having somebody who's you know an easy target for David mm. is easier to write, maybe. So um, um, so when David's going, oh, Gail, you bloody idiot, then it's easier for us as the audience to go, yeah, look at Gail, if she is acting like that. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking, you know, it, 
possibly recently, and it maybe is just related to the storyline with Sarah Louise and her miscarriage and the, and the affair and everything, she has been a bit more, or a bit less of a chocolate teapot. Um, I agree with you. She is... She 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 doesn't have that that stern, um, hard exterior. Do you think that it was just the series of husbands dying or being killed or? Well, just... that's that's the other thing that's maybe made her into a bit of a figure of fun. It's like, oh no, Gail, not again! You lost another husband, and there's just lots of things like that that I think have combined that have made the character a bit more bit more comedic and maybe less realistic i mean yeah people do go through husbands in real life but maybe that became part of the joke you know how many times has gail got married and then you know you could possibly say the same thing about steve the fact that it's like oh there we go to go down the aisle again isn't he useless at holding on to women ergo isn't he useless at everything because he's seen a very very similar um, deterioration in characterization the same as gail has I well, would you're say. saying deterioration but you in my opinion, people, some people might prefer the new Gale. Well, got the current iteration. There are different things to consider it's not because Who. <laughs> some characters change personality because the 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 circumstances demand it of them, and other people change because there's just no room in the story for that many of the same character. You know, mm. how many mums with a core of steel do we really need on Coronation Street? We don't really need Gail to be that person anymore because her family's moved on. Um, think about, I think thinking about somebody like Carla, she's, she kind of has turned from a, um, a sort of no-nonsense, um, predatory, uh, snappy, cold-hearted businesswoman into someone who's a bit more chilled out and a bit more maternal even. Mm. And that was driven by story because of what she went through with the factory roof and um, Aiden and Rana and everything and her mental breakdown. Yeah, it's Frank, all completely logical Tony. and it, it came from a story p- place. But at the same time, if she is fun to watch now, she has die-hard fans who love her no matter what. But I think a lot of people would agree that Carla is not, you know, the top dog of Coronation Street anymore. Like she was in her early sort of high high years, that's what I would say. Yeah. And, and you can't betray the reality of, of um, what people are going through. And that's one of the things about Coronation Street that's tricky now. Because they're trying to be more realistic and they're trying to balance issues based storylines with sensationalised things. You're just going to end up with a street full of people with PTSD. Not everybody <laughs> can can sort of react in a realistic way. And when they do, you get people like us complaining, oh, Carl is boring now. <laughs> and it's it's not really fair to people in, in real life who have gone through it. But at the same time, it is still a fictional world. And the, the at the end of the day, I'm not going to say the main aim is to entertain everybody because actually... The main aim is to sell advertising space <laughs> and to make money for ITV. But do you do that by having a character like Carla, who's, who has transformed into, some would say, a shadow of her former self? Hmm. There is, I mean, with, with Carla and Gail and everybody, there is the fact that people do change as they get older. And, and who is who could say that they are the same as they were 10, 15, well, 20 years ago? Looking at Gail... I mean, I, 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 how old is that? Audrey's 83 now. She just just gone. She had Gail quite young. So Gail's, what, late 60s? 
70 or, or, or so. I mean, <laughs> she she's of an age where um, she she's not going to be firing on all cylinders as much as she was in the quote-unquote golden era 30 years ago. All great stories about about people have a transformation in the story, don't they? You start off somewhere and you end up... You start off with one personality and you end up somewhere else. You learn something along the way and at the end of it you're transformed in some way and you, you become hopefully a better person. This isn't a story about individual characters though, is it? So So we don't expect the same sort of progression from these fictional characters as you might do if you're reading, you know, Harry Potter, for example. Mm. You know, he, he you take a small frightened child and you end up with like the best wizard in the universe at the very end who's killed all the evil all the evil ones and saved humanity forever. You don't need that from Gail Platts. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it'd be good to see. It would be quite interesting to see what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go to see the uh, the West End stage show of that. It sounds <laughs> No, it sounds more realistic than the cursed, cursed child, child, isn't it? Um, I, I will also c- compare Gail to, to Deirdre's trajectory as well. Uh, obviously, it's tragic what happened to, to Anne Kirkbride and the fact that the, the actress and the character were taken away from her so suddenly and unexpectedly. But people, and I don't know whether people still remember this, but in the final few years of Deirdre, the same complaints that are being levelled against Gail were also... You know, being being put to Deirdre as well, and they were saying, you know, she's just become a figure of fun now. It's a bit, of a it's a bit, bit yeah, exactly. She's just been a bit bit thick. Um, and but, whereas you know, in the if you look at Deirdre in the in the in the eighties when she was you know doing the whole affair saga, having to bring up Tracy on her own, then the nineties, the early nineties particularly, having Ken constantly going at her, and and she was a counsellor and everything. She she was she was stern and hard and and cold then, and there 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 was an element of comedy about her, but in her final years. It they lent into that a little bit more. I it and it it certainly didn't go to the same uh, same place, same levels as it has done for Gail now. But I do wonder um, if we still had Deirdre, would you know would would be be saying the same about her as we are about Gail now? I don't know. Um, well, I think but, a lot of what happened with Deirdre was a juxtaposition of the two characters of Ken and Deirdre. Yeah. You're saying the same thing about Gail versus David, though, in a way. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I suppose in the, maybe in the same way that David wore down Gail, Tracy wore down Deirdre once she reappeared back on the street again. And um, although although young Tracy was a bit of a tear away, the 2002 onwards Tracy was a lot more to deal with, wasn't she? I mean, Deirdre had to deal with, you know, the confession that, yeah, I'd actually bumped off Charlie Stubbs on purpose, actually. And I you know one might say that that's <laughs> led her to you know, the, what she became in the end. But I, 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 understand, I didn't mind Deirdre too much um, in, in the final years, but there were definitely people that were saying that she had she had changed. Of course, not all changes are for the worse. Look at Sally. I love Sally Webster. Sorry, Metcalf. I haven't got used to. It. I love Sally Metcalf at the moment, and I would say that among the um, the classic cast, the the golden cast, well, you know, whatever you call it, the long term yeah. cast members, Sally is definitely up there with the most universally loved and popular ones. She's nothing like how she was up until. 96, 97, is she? No, she was a bit prissy and boring, I would have called her. Yeah. I mean, she was in the, very nondescript. In the early 90s, she was just 
mum, wasn't yeah. she? To, to Rosie and Sophie, she was very mummy-ish, and she'd be there with her, with her uh, a, a denim kind of um, <clears throat> jacket, ja- jackets, and dishing a, out baked beans and fish fingers. Or, yeah, and or she flakes, depending on what time of day it was. And she she just kind of went along with anything. And her and Kevin were very happy together. Um, and then when Brian Park, the producer, came along and said. Who's the cat? Who's the couple that I can blow apart? Who's maybe a little bit boring? Their relationship was was put up for up for explosion, um, but it wasn't wasn't necessarily that that changed Sally. Although we definitely got to see. <laughs> Maybe there are like three stages to Sally. There was the early kind of carefree, fun, then mumsy-ish Sally. Then you got, during the Natalie Horrock saga, she became a lot harder, didn't she? And when she was writing whore on Natalie's mirror. And then and then she went through kind of the, the stage where she went out with Greg Kelly and she was she was more kind of firm and business-minded. Mm. And, and I didn't particularly like that Sally. But whereas you could say that David maybe has changed Gail for the worse, Rosie changed Sally's character for the better because it was out of Rosie's um, education, I think, and Sally wanting her to go to Oak Hill. That's where Snobby Sally came from. And Snobby Sally is still what we've got today. And and she's been running with this personality for uh, 15 years now. And it's so... There was no trace of that, really, in the early days, was was there? But... What's the first word you think of when you think of Sally now? It's snob. Yep. But she's hilarious, and that comedy is still working time after time after time. Yes, they're making her out to be a bit stupid with some of the things that she says, but it's not It's not the same same level as you get with some of the other characters, like, you know, the Kirks or anything. It's She, she doesn't realise the things that she's saying and that people are no. laughing at her a little bit. But, and she... but in a sense, that character... Um, the transformation from her, you know, into into a snob, that came about around in a time when a lot of the old guard were being removed from the show, and so the people that might have had, the, you know, like um, uh, what was Mavis's Derek? Derek. Derek yeah. was more that he was a snob. He looked down on it, everybody, and he was comedic. And his antics were like comedic, weren't they? Yes. And 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 Percy not... Sugden in a way yeah. as well. You can't make a direct comparison or parallel between Sally's character and those two characters, but you certainly can say there was a vacuum left when Brian Park got rid of lots of these older characters, and so established characters had to fill the gaps, or they had to introduce new characters that would feel these kind of archetypes mm. and the archetypes are different and they have different manifestations depending on the character themselves and also the period of time in which they are portrayed uh, so sally was kind of like carrying on the torch from these older characters and yeah. so it necessitated you know her transforming you still had norris throughout all this time though as well who's also one to look down on well, other yeah. people and, and sally's snobbish period came <laughs> a while after brian park came oh, yeah. you're right she did she did fill the gap in a way but i think that they just it's want... like it was like a direct you know bomb 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 all this happened I'd, and... I'd be really interested to know like with the development of sally 
was it always planned for her to be a snob and to stick with it? Or was it just like, you know, there's a story, she's going to try and get uh, Rosie into private school, let's have a be a bit of a pushy mum. And then they yeah. saw something in the character, in, in um, Sally Whitaker, she was then's um, portrayal of it, and go, this is actually brilliant, let's run with that. And they've been able to keep that going pretty consistently ever since. Then, you, of course, you got the introduction of Tim and all of a sudden they become, you know, one of Coronation Street's golden couples because she's... They they, they kind of are f- filling the role of the... Um, well, a bit like the Stan and Hilda kind of, the, the layabout guy and the, the woman who wants to better herself um, and is always henpecking him and everything. And, and that's... Yeah, that's in many ways what Corrie is is about when it comes to couples. So that's been a brilliant change, uh, and 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 long may that continue. Sometimes a character changes when the introduction of the character is over, and the writers, mm. or whatever you want to say, a writer is get to know the the actor, and the actor slots better into the role that they. You know, like, Abby's one of the best examples. She came in as an absolute scumbag. And um, she's gone through lots of hardships. And now she's one of, you know, the sort of... If you were to say, you know, who's a a really loyal, reliable, good person on the street, you would say Abby. But, Mm. you know, even, like, a couple of years ago, no. No way. Yeah. Some characters absolutely come in and... uh because they're being written for for so many different writers and you can go months and months before the same writer gets to write for a new character more than once. So they're given this sheet about this is what the character is like. But you're right, it can take a while to see what what works well with them and for the writers to get an understanding of what what makes them tick. And I don't want to say anything about what the, the background, you know, how everything works and things, but... You know, I'm not speaking from a position of knowing or being author- having authority over knowing this, but um, I- I'm sure that some of the writers haven't met, especially new characters. Oh, yeah. They're writing for people they haven't met. They don't know what the performance is going to be like. It, that's why it can take, you know, a year sometimes to really groove into mm. what who is this person and how are we going to write this character in a unique and compelling way? One and the... unfortunately, because the cast is so huge, I think a lot of the more individual voices on the show are becoming muddled and lost. One of the ones that's just popped into my head, um, talking about taking a while to settle into the character and seeing what works for them, is is Ryan, with Ryan Prescott's portrayal of him. Because he's obviously, you know, you could talk about recasts making the character different for ages. I mean, that's just the way it is but I think when Ryan Connor as he is now or at least was I suppose up until the acid attack thing Mm -hmm. was was a lot more of a funny character wasn't he and a bit more of a doofus goofy character but I I think in my memory when when Ryan Prescott was first cast he wasn't so much like that and he was a bit more serious and yes he well not serious he was you know a bit bit useless and he still hooked st- on drugs and everything oh. but i don't think they gave him the quite the same comedy as they do now some characters have a lot of depth and it's difficult to start out with that depth isn't it mm. and and every time they recast a character they do sort of start again almost yeah i mean uh, which is fine like you know 
Nick. Nothing, nothing like the the Adam Rickett Nick. But it can be upsetting when you're really invested in a character and the way it was portrayed by a particular actor. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and you're I'm not sure there were lots of lots that. of people who loved the the floppy fringed um, Adam Rickett. Yeah. And that were disappointed when when Ben Price came along and he's like, well, this this isn't the Nick that I know. But that that the new Nick, if we can still call him that, has has many great qualities. Adam Hussein, brilliant recasting. Nothing like how Zenon Ditcher portrayed him. He's he's suddenly got a personality now. Well, you know, a lot of that is what what was the purpose of the character, and and sometimes when you know when they want to reinvigorate a child character, they'll just recast. Yeah, um, but I, I don't usually mind too much if they change a character when they're recasting. It just. I think I used to mind more, but yeah, it is what it, it is now, <laughs> and it doesn't happen very often. And more often than not, it it has been successful. Um, the Todd is still is great now, and I was very anti cast recasting of Todd when they got rid of Bruno Langley. But actually, Gareth Pierce is he's not the same as old Todd, but I still like him. Um, no, it's like a parallel universe version of Todd. It. He, I think that Gareth Pierce is fantastic. I love the way he d- he plays Todd. I feel like Todd as he is now. I was devastated when um, everything happened with Todd to get rid of the character. We're not going to go into it because that is, <laughs> no. you know, it's obviously... Um, we know, don't matter. we? We know what I'm talking about. But um, <laughs> some things you've got to let go of, don't you? And Gareth Pierce is just fantastic i'm so glad he's on the show i'd rather have gareth pierce playing todd than there being no todd at all yeah it gives but i think something to you do know and you i don't think it's fair to compare no them, no um at all so well, let's let's, to, let's go back to to mark's original email he had one other suggestion which was rita um saying a little bit more serious um back in the mid to early 2000s um and and has since become more comedic um I don't know. I don't know whether I've noticed that one quite so much. She is obviously now a lot different to how she was in her heyday. You know, Rita and Mavis at the cabin, completely different character. You're, you're, you got well, to talk about what, what, a, what a bitch Rita was when she was basically bullying Mavis. And poor for, Mavis couldn't go, couldn't go to the HR department because it was Rita. <laughs> um, but she, she, similar to Gail, she seemed a lot more switched on then than she is now. Can you know? Look, look. She, she's, she's an old lady now. Um, they still use her for the odd comedic line every now and then. She, she's much more of a kind of grannyish, cosy, says a bit of a saucy line every now and then kind of thing. I'm, I'm not expecting her to be the same Rita as she was back then. Um, was she full on comedy with Norris and Emily? I don't know. I don't know. I think that she still played. Um, a good straight man to Norris in the same way that she did to to Mavis's witterings, um, and she was just as despairing of him as as she was for her. I, I think I, I I don't know. See what anyone else thinks about that. Um, we when we put this on our on our Patreon 
um, earlier this week to say we would be discussing character changes today. Um, we got an email from um, Lisa who uh, wanted to, to chip in. Um, and she, she also suggested Gail as one of hers, but a couple of others that she's mentioned. Um, firstly, Anna Windass, um, who she says is so unbelievably different early on from the later version of her. At the beginning, she's always drunk, enabling Eddie or crying over Gary. It's a jarring change to a family matriarch I remember from later years. I'm pretty sure you won't talk about her because she's not there anymore, but wow, but a change. Well, we'll talk about her now as you asked us, Lisa. Um, Yes, Anna Windass definitely did change. The whole Windass family. Yeah, that was a, let's have them come in with a, I mean, it's similar to the Battersby's. Often when the character comes, a a family comes in to make a statement and then, oh, we have to keep them in, they'll soften them, won't they? Only Eddie escaped unscathed because he left relatively early before he was rehabilitated. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He was still a a layabout, but he wasn't as obnoxious in his later years. He never changed, he never really changed that much. He was still a a bit of a uh, rough and tumble kind of a a guy. Yeah, I mean, they had him baking cakes to, to soften him a bit, but he was still a scrounger. Um, whereas Anna, you're right, in her first appearance, I think her first appearance was her in the in the kitchen with Eddie at their old house when Joe McIntyre and David were trying to get them to pay for a kitchen they'd fitted. And Anna was just as much as Eddie trying to pull a, pull a yeah, fast scammer. one and, and scan them and say, no, this place has fallen to bits, we're not paying for it. Um, and then when the Windasses then moved onto the street, weeks, months later, I can't remember how long it was, they were still a very, very antagonistic family. I don't know what it was because it's been so long ago since I've watched that string of episodes. I don't know what it was that made Anna soften. Because by the time we did our original character profile of her, which I don't know when that was, 2012, 2013, I'm going to say, our impression of her was that she was a little bit boring, a little bit just mumsy just mumsy. a bit nice. Yeah, and yeah. She'd, that she'd adopted um, Faye by that point. Eddie had gone. She was going out with Owen, I, I think. Um, and, yeah, maybe, maybe it was the introduction partly of Faye that did cause that personality change, but I think it is also the fact that Coronation Street didn't want there to be another really rough and obnoxious family on the street that would get up people's... uh, get people's backs up, you know? Um, But that Anna as well also went through another change in her later years because I wouldn't describe her as boring or matronly or mumsy-ish or dull in her final years but that seemed that change that she went through when she was a lot more a lot harder and harsher and not 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 in the same way she was when she came in but she was a lot more shrieky Harridan-ish um, char-grilled fishwife-like, as Pat Phelan might say, was due to his character. Pat's character, wasn't it? Because he got under her skin so much. Um, he he obviously raped her. He um, wound her up over, uh, over Gary. He almost made her revert back to how she had been, but just channelling that rage at him rather than anybody that was trying to get in her way. Mm. Um... Lisa has also mentioned Tracy. We haven't talked about Tracy's personality change yet, have we? No. Would have you have you noticed a change here? Lisa says that she um she's just a sassy flower shop owner instead of the horrible Tracy of the early two thousands. 
A lot of people have said this. A lot of people don't forgive Tracy for getting away with killing Charlie because, you know, the background of the story is that she faked domestic abuse, clonked Charlie on the head, said that he uh, came after her and then Mm. she tried to get Deirdre to lie, ended up in prison and got let out early because the um, evidence wasn't collected correctly and the guy, one of the forensic people, was, was a crook. So she... She, although she went to prison for it, she um, certainly didn't uh, serve her full time, and um, she 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 got up to some really evil stuff. It wasn't just murdering Charlie. She also, you know, made um, Roy and Haley think that Roy had fathered Amy, who was called Patience when she was a baby. Um, she was just she was really really un- yeah. We're just on person. just on classic Coronation Street now, getting to the Wally Bannister storyline where um, where Blanche starts dating Bernard Cribbins, and then eventually Tracy ends up dating him, um, this seventy mm. odd year old guy. So she was she was definitely she 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 was she was a lot more evil and kind of smiling and seductressy femme fatale back in those days. Was it motherhood that changed her? Was it just that? You know, certain behaviours feel more natural coming out of a younger person, someone who hasn't learned enough about life, maybe. There's definitely this element of, like, look at this sexy, horrible cow, you know. Mm. There's a lot of women on Coronation Street who were very sexy and very um, vile. Tanya Pooley, for example. Yeah, in in a predatory kind of way that felt... It feels kind of misogynistic in hindsight, but um, Tracy's definitely mellowed quite a lot. I I, I don't like the idea of her being interchangeable with any other woman on the street. I'd rather that she kept this core of... It's it's kind of like Blanche's... um, attitude of say you know plain speaking um but 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 she's got a malicious twist to it um i i liked the way it came out on sarah when um adam took refuge in at number one after they split up and you know tracy was having to go at her at the doorstep that was the first time we'd seen tracy unload since she tried to have a go at aaron mm. about what happened with him and amy so there's still elements of that kind of real ferocious side of, of Tracy. But oh, I agree. She, she she's You're right. Uh, she is just sassy now rather than than being vindictive, which yeah. which is what, you know, I, think I like mo- I like that sort of character on the street. I think that motherhood is important to her and she doesn't want to set a bad example to Amy um, as much these days. Um, also maybe she has learned a lesson because yeah she was sent to prison with her scheming before probably doesn't want to end up there again and she's also had things like accidentally setting Victoria Court on fire that would kind of make anybody think their actions again before they take out petty revenge but you also had that story with her versus Carla that seemed to run for them in ages, about six, seven years ago, didn't you? Everyone was sick of Carla and Tracy always at each other's throats. So I think that possibly the the powers that be have mellowed her out a little bit to try and... Um, because they recognised that people were getting a little bit bored of Tracy acting in that way and plotting. I don't plotting. know why you would say that. I think that... What, what, what did you just say? How did it come to... The, the Carla and Tracy... Yeah, the Carla and Tracy feud was really 
the the I think it was I think it was the downfall of both those characters. The, the, it feels like after that it it came to a head and they're on the side of the cliff and yeah, everything yeah. and then they went to the there was thing about them in a hotel I don't I don't remember no, I'm, I don't I'm, remember the details and and Tra- Carla didn't let Tracy have her kidney medicine or, I, I I don't know what it was but eventually they kind of came to an understanding didn't they maybe it was around. Um, uh, Carla and Nick's wedding, and when Carla, when Tracy got um, locked up by Jenny in the in the supply cupboard, I, I don't know, but yeah, it it felt like after that, the writers were like, okay, we're gonna move away from those characters completely for a while. You said you've seen too much of them. And then when they came back to the four, they just didn't have quite the fire that no. they had had. That that was supposed that could have been you know a feud for the ages that really could have been something quite incredible and you know iconic, but it just made both Tracy and Carla look pathetic, really honestly I I, I found it didn't work for me, mm-hmm. um, so th- those are two good examples of characters that have changed yeah and you've kind of selected some more that you I think... I've, I've thought of a few um I would say you know on the subject of Tracy. Um, and yes, being a, a mum and, and, and a family woman now that she is, has matured her a little bit. Um, she is also having to deal with being married to silly Steve and the changing personality from Steve McDonald in the early days to now is, it's, it's almost the same golf as Gale, to be honest. When he came into the show in the late 80s and then running through the early 90s, he was cool. All the girls fancied him. Um, he he was very slick. Um, he was, you know, not the brightest in school, but he knew how to get what he wanted in other ways. Um, he got all the girls. Then he went through the, you know, the whole marriage to, to Vicky. Um, then he was a businessman. He, he early on did his um, t-shirt printing business after he dropped out of school. <laughs> he had his gambling phase and he was, there, there was a, there was a, a storyline that ran for a few weeks, month or so um, in the, in the mid to late nineties where he was always um, gambling and gambling and gambling and, and winning and getting really, really cocky about it. And I just, I can't picture the current Steve doing anything like that. He was so, so smart. And yes, he, he, you know, it was a bit of a case of pride came before a fall in the end. Um, he ended up going to prison after receiving stolen goods. He was just very, 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 very different to how he is now because he's just, he's just been infantilized, hasn't he? Mm. He's so, he's just used as a comic relief. And yes, he was funny in the early days, but it was almost like we were laughing with him mm. and now he's used as a character to laugh S- at him. Steve is basically the embodiment of all the dumb husbands slash fathers in adverts. Yeah. You know, the, the stupid man who doesn't know which way the mop goes on the floor, who has to use the secret power of Flash to, <laughs> to clean his kitchen because his wife left him or, you know what I mean? Mm. All these dumb men on TV, which is really unfortunate and annoying. He's just under Tracy's thumb a stereotype of of useless men. Yeah, he's a useless man. He's a useless dad. He's still got the business. He's still got... um, Has he still got... Yeah, he's still in charge of streetcars, isn't he? I think. But, you know, I wouldn't wouldn't trust him to run anything. (laughs) Um, I don't... 
I'm wondering, I, I think that really started with Michelle. Because even when the podcast started, and this was the first time that I'd ever properly you know, done serious joining of Corrie fan communities, going onto the Coronation Street blog, looking onto forums and at forums and everything. Steve McDonald was a front runner easily for favourite character. Everybody loved Steve. He'd come top in character polls. Yep. He was the favourite guy. He was on the like street. the main male character. He was. Of he was the main street. the main guy. Yep. In Coronation Street. And you're still seeing this in classic Coronation Street in the early 2000s at the moment. But something has happened in the last 10 years. And I, I can't exactly put my finger on it other than to say, I think I think Michelle has got a lot to do with it when she just um, downgraded his character by dragging him through the mud, making fun of him, teaming up with Liz against him. And he, he was... He, they, Coronation Street writers just made him the the henpecked husband and he's not come out of that phase. Now he's the embarrassing dad phase to to Tracy and it's just really, really not working. Um and I, and I, but I think I think Simon Gregson seems to enjoy playing him like this. And I've seen Simon do a few interviews and things and he's He's, you know, he's, he plays up to the character that Steve has become, but it's so worlds away from how it used to be. But, but do we need what Steve was, or do we need what who Steve is now? You know, I don't think we need as many comic relief characters like this. You know, he's how old is he now? Fifty, coming up to fifty, and I think that as somebody, you know, as a later middle aged man, he. He should be, you know, at the top of his game, able to lead these really kind of serious stories about everyday life. And I I just, I I don't know whether I could trust putting Steve at the front of a big story again. I I mean, he he had, I think the last serious story that he had was, was the Ollie death story. And he actually did do a really, really good job of that, didn't he? Yeah. They kind of pulled him out of his comic phase, obviously, very appropriately for that. But he's just gone back to it again. And there was a strange, like, intermediate phase in between where he was doing his fun running to try and raise money for Ollie. And and then just the the silly Steve started coming out again. So, I don't know, maybe I'm going back on what I said. Maybe if they wanted to give him a serious story, they could. I think he I think he might have done all right in his depression story, but I definitely put his part of his character change down to down to Michelle, unfortunately. Yeah. But I, I I don't know, you know what 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 Simon Gregson actually thinks about it. But I'm getting the impression that he doesn't, either doesn't mind or doesn't. Well, notice a lot or, of people would would not, you know, would say they like Steve as he is. So a lot of people, a lot of people would, but definitely coming if we compare back to. 11 years ago when the podcast started and everybody loved Steve and you're right, he was the main character. He was still Gurney, but he could still... he Yeah, he could still carry a, a a major storylines story yeah. easily. I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's the same now. And, and weirdly, what's happened to him has also happened to Dev, but it's working so well for Dev, isn't it? Oh, well, I like Dev and we He's, all... We all like Dev. There's a few people that find him ridiculous, but um, that's going to happen when he is playing, you know, a bit of a caricature. But but the thing about um, 
Jimmy Harkison is that I truly think that he has a gift for turning dark in a scene and becoming very serious and very commanding and there's still that streak of um authority he's he's got and it's it's come with age too um and he can do it without do it. like doing that comp- ah, yeah. and he doesn't compromise the other parts of dev too i feel like dev's a whole person and i don't feel like when he's being serious that it invalidates his goofy side mm. i've got a lot of time for dev i think he is a one of Corey's most underrated character. He is at the moment, but I definitely don't think he used to be one of my favourites. I, you know, when he came into the show, he was definitely, it's quite funny because he was the suave ladies man that actually yeah. would get all the girls. Yeah, they were would. falling at his feet, wouldn't they? Weren't they? Yep. But now, <laughs> it's, it's just like, you know, the ageing swinger sort of story. He thinks he still is that guy in a way, but, <laughs> but he's just a, uh, he he's not he's he's passed it a bit um and and he's had to you know in he, he would say lower his standards to date bernie but actually they've got a quite nice relationship going on there i think but it I, shows a bit of maturity for dev yeah. too that he's um not focused on looks and he is um also not hung up on the things that make him and bernie different as long as they um enjoy each other's company and make each other's happy make each other happy and that is definitely completely different to what dev would have been like when he was younger he was just out for as, as many sexy ladies as he could and it and he also had his eyes on the business as well which he still does but in you know i, I don't necessarily enjoy business storylines i no, find them usually a bit dry I and dev was more into that kind of boring dry business storyline and now he's still into the business but in a, in a in a funny way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 you're right. He's, I think that character has naturally evolved into becoming someone who's much, much better than he used to be, in my opinion. It was a Even... one note. It was a one note. You know, slick business man and womanizing businessman. It was kind of a bit like Mike, in a way. That if you had left him in the show and you kept him on that pathway. Mm. He didn't cut as many corners as Mike did. That Mike's Mike's business story was always how can I scam and catch my way into this and that. Yeah. Whereas Mike Dev... didn't change. Mike Mike in in no. two thousand and six, whenever it was that he died, was was the Mike yeah. of nineteen seventy four. Was it when he came in? I don't That's remember. That's very true. And and they they could have stuck with that for for Jimmy's character, but they didn't. They and and partly is going through that embarrassing dad phase. Which, now that um, Ardy and Asher are old enough to be <laughs> embarrassed by him, Mike didn't have that. No. Um, I mean, no. he, I suppose he could have been Take embarrassing dad to time. Adam, I suppose. But, um, no, he, he, so, so that's a character change that's absolutely you, brilliant for me. What would you say about Ken? Do you think Ken's changed in his life? I think I think there are times when Ken's been more intense than he is now. I think he's mellowed a bit. He wants I... a quieter life now. That's understandable with with age. I think... I don't think he's really changed. I think he was... I think the only thing you could say is, is age has, has done as you would have expected, you know. When he was younger, he was more idealistic and a bit more um, adventurous. Now he's not. Now he's a bit more... It feels as though he's a bit more open-minded than he was when he was younger. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he's definitely not as snobbish as he used to be. He's not as snobbish as he used to be, but, but, but they still do use that for for, for fun every now and yeah. then. Like when he was making, when he was like rolling his eyes at the Americanisms last yeah. week. That was classic Ken. And also, kind of, he still does have his womanizing side. Yeah. We just saw with the Martha story last year, it's and when, nice he, when he was be. like being an old horn dog with her, wasn't yeah. he? That was brilliant. I like the idea that Ken has not never learned anything. Even though he has, but I, I like to besmirch his character and pretend that the whole thing is just Ken never learning mm. a lesson. But I can't. I mean, he doesn't have as many. You know, he was he was very um, outspoken with his views, and he'd get into rows with people and fights and everything in the days. And he, you know, the well, it was idealistic, wasn't he? And he was yeah, ran but his he, mouth a bit. Yeah, he he absolutely would, and I can't see him doing that as much these days. But I think think he still could and if he was yeah. in a situation where he needed to have a, a good old shout about something he would so i mean i, I know it's not that i mean it's fading into not being as, as recent as we probably think it was but the whole who pushed ken story he had to take the reins there didn't he and go stop arguing we're not having this anymore brush out into the carpet no more that's it barlow's unite yeah. Because everyone was fighting about who it was that pushed him. And he was like, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, everyone shut up. Yeah. He got really cross, I think, I remember. Yeah, and all, it was also during the, um, after the story when Peter pushed Billy off the cliff. And I think Ken was instrumental yeah. in like, all the Barlow's closing to... ranks there, wasn't he? Yeah, we've got to look out for ourselves here. we we got to... Yeah, so I, I think he's very much how I would expect and, and wants that character to evolve over the over the 60 years which there's is definitely fantastic. a difference between evolving a character and changing a character yeah yeah you're right you're absolutely right some of them are a lot more natural um who else are we? Uh, uh, some other notes that I've, I've got down there like beth for example that's an easy one to throw out there as being a change for the worse She's just kind of bitter now, isn't she? Whereas before, when she first came in, people were saying, oh, she's just another Janice um, Silla kind of character. But she wasn't. She was a lot nicer and and mumsy and caring towards Craig. Um, But it's just kind of worn away into she's the person that screws up her nose and moans these days, which is a real shame. Um, Who else? Um... Gary, you, you talked about the Windasses earlier, but we kind of didn't mention him, and you've enjoyed the change that he's been through recently, haven't you? Well, I remember having conversations and saying I didn't like Garrett, so I thought he was a pointless character. He's changed a lot. He was very much um, a scoundrel. He was a real, he was a real nasty guy when he and first they came. Sent and him to he was a proper chav. He came back with PTSD and. Uh, he, he, I think he's a bit of a chameleon, although there definitely is a core element to his character of he always thinks he's doing the right thing. Since since he, um, not in his very early early days when he was, you know, very chavvy and a bit of a criminal, but I, I think he does, I think he thinks he does everything from a moral standpoint, even when we can't see that, for, you know, that doesn't seem to make sense to us, but... Um, but yeah, he, he does change according to whatever the, 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 the story's supposed to be. And I, I really think that... Uh, I'm going to say something, maybe this, maybe this is controversial. But when Gary got away with killing Rick, I think that was the beginning of Coronation Street. Starting to disregard consequences and brush them under the carpet for characters. Because that should have been... 
that should have had consequences for Gary. I don't care whether you say that he it was um, self-defence. He never got caught for that. Nobody knows he did it. They kind of say now, you know, everything that happened with, with Laura dying and, and, and Kelly knows the truth now. There's, there have been some kind and, of consequences. And she accepted still, it because she's the daughter. still away with it. That then because she forgave him, then it doesn't count. But I genuinely think that that, that lack of... Because Coronation Street always used to sort of pride itself on... Um, punishing the bad guys and and bad guys always got you know bad deeds were never rewarded but at the moment i i think cory's lost sight of that a little bit and that was the beginning for me i don't i don't mind him as I know, he is now i know you don't he, i like gary i think gary's gary's gone i up go through phases i go through phases with gary i'm glad he didn't get in trouble for it i'm not saying anything about what i wish happened i'm just stating mm. That, that Curry used to always be, the bad guys always got their just desserts. And Gary was a bad guy in that story. He was a loan shark and he was a murderer. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of other small ones before we move on, because this is this is running quite long. Um, it's a great, I think this great is just, this topic. should just be the only question, um, but we've got another one. But if you look at Roy's first scenes back in 95, yeah. 96, was it? Seemed like a very different character. He was more just sort of an annoying neighbour back then when he was, um, he shared a, a, a block of flats with Deirdre and he was very smiley wasn't he he was friendly he was he was social he was he got on Deirdre's wick by badgering her with his um obsessiveness and wanting to help and everything and although he's obviously still got elements of that with um with, with uh, his his specific interests uh, he's a lot you know he's, he doesn't really smile much these days does he he's Kind no. of got gone into the, um, what's that Martian called? The, the depressed android from Hitchhiker's Guide. Marvin. Yeah. It's not like Marvin. Well, he's he's a bit more. He's very reserved. Yeah, much more than he was, and I I don't know I don't know whether there was a particular plot reason for that because you know it wasn't long after that that he started dating Haley, and maybe that's when he got a bit more awkward and nerdy. But there's no natural reason I think why his personality would change quite so much I think no. he was a he was more into like the paranormal and things back then uh, these days uh, than he you know th- these days he would say it was utterly ridiculous yeah I agree um, with Maria again big big difference to how she was when she first came in she was very much a, a female Tyrone wasn't she she was didn't have any of the glamour that she has these days um, she was the, the kennel attendant she was kind of fun she was just nice girl next door type but they literally took her to Audrey's one day and gave her a makeover. And it almost was they changed her personality at the same time because she has become that uh, that sassier, um, sexier personality since then. And I think I do prefer the older Maria, but a bit like Gary, I have warmed up to current Maria um, a lot more in recent years. Um, they're the, they're the main ones. There are lots of examples. We could talk about this for a long time. Yeah, because there are loads of people that we haven't mentioned. A mm. C- couple of oldies. Um, Raquel obviously went through a big change in her final years, and that that disappointed me when she went off to her acupuncture course or no, what was it aromatherapy, and she came back much more serious and um. Uh, sensible and confident. mature and confident. I, I didn't really enjoy that, although it did then lead to that lovely comeback a few years later. Ivy Brennan, very different when she first came in. She was a lot more of a, of a party girl, wasn't she? And I think they just didn't really... They haven't 
the writers hadn't settled on what they wanted her to be because obviously she then went into being the the Harridan, very Catholic mother-in-law from hell sort of character, which there's really nothing of in her original appearance. Um, Fred, I think, was a lot more predatory in his early days when he was going after Audrey. Don was a lot nicer and kinder, um, but in his final years, and maybe this is through um, being married to Ivy, he'd become a lot more bitter. Um, but I really enjoyed Don's final few years, and I know not everybody did. Um, so that, to me, was a change for the better. Molly Dobbs changed, probably for the worse. She was a bit like Maria, a nice girl next door type, but then she had that affair with Kevin, and that really was, I think, a case of plot driving character change. Um, and just the last one, I think, um, Bet, a, a proper classic character who changed, but that was, like you said, there's more of a, a difference between change and evolution. And I think that it was brilliant watching her going from the late 60s, early 70s, uh, good time girl, um, dizzy barmaid to the confident, um, no nonsense, um, landlady that we got in the in the late 80s early 90s um she was very very different character but she yeah she she really came into her own matured and yeah i would say there's definitely a parallel there between her and jenny you know jenny was a was a a sort of a willful teen when she was originally in the show Mm. she was rita's um uh, foster child and then she ran off didn't she she sort of went went away, came back in the show and ended up with, um, you know, kidnapping children, (laughs) came back again in her current state. And, um, you know, she, she went from, she's gone from cleaner in the, in the factory to landlady of the Rovers. She's had to become more mature with it. She's still got that streak to her, but again, just like Bet, it all feels incredibly well, um, it well portrayed it feels natural it feels like a progression rather than a regression which some of these other characters you can definitely describe their characters changing in that way um i don't, i'm i'm I, i'm really happy with how her character's gone i am i don't i think that bet's level of maturity and toughness and this isn't a smile it's a lid on a scream we don't see quite as much with Jenny, but I don't. I don't particularly mind about it. Like Jenny isn't afraid to show weakness or kind of have a have a, a lip wobble Jen, in front Jenny's of the punters. Whereas I don't think Bet would have done that. Jenny Jenny's more vulnerable because she's got a more bigger support system than Bet ever did. Bet was by herself from the very yeah. beginning. With the first time we, you know, when we first saw the character, she had mates. She didn't have friends. She didn't have um, family. She, she had, you know, she was on her own and she forced her way into to every every situation that she, you know, she put her foot through the door and she pushed herself. And Jenny was kind of led, you know, Johnny, Johnny's uh, responsible for her position at the, at the Rovers. Um, not to say that the, the character doesn't deserve to be where she is, because she definitely does. And and it's nice that she's got the support system because it gives depth to her character. But you can't directly compare the two of them no. at all, can you? No. Um, because they're d- d- completely different types of people. And um, that I like that. That's that's what Coronation Street should be. It should mm. be the act. It should be there should be a 
symbiosis of the actors and and the writers creating characters together. Mm. And sometimes I feel like one or the other becomes complacent, and there's no there's a comes becomes a stagnation, and that's that's also not not a good thing. Um, for all we say about characters changing and maybe it's a bad thing sometimes, it's much better to see a character evolve than stagnate. Yeah. And some of these characters are definitely just circling the drain. <laughs> well, then we've got quite a good um, good discussion out of that first question. Yeah, thank you very much, Definitely could have... Um, we we could have gone on we with that for changed, ages. Could've... We could have spoken about none of those characters and had a completely different set yeah. of characters and said almost exactly the same thing and taken another hour. I think, I think for me, the best example my favorite example of a character changing for the better is is sally she's so different now to how she i I liked early sally mid sally when she got a bit hard and businessy didn't like so much but she's come out and out and flourished and sally is just brilliant she's genuinely funny now um i i think she's absolutely the best and i know we we had a lot of examples of i don't like the character as much these days but it there's just as many examples of characters that have changed for the better. But yes, Sally is up there for me, I good think. Good one. Oh, and don't go to Emily as well. Also really good. I didn't even mention her. She's quite different to how she was. Well, she was quite different to how she started. But no time for that now. Um, right, next question. Gemma, would you like to read David's question out? David says, What storylines from the past would you like to see remade in modern day? In a similar vein to how the 2010 tram crash echoed the 1967 tram crash. This is a nice question. I don't, I don't think we're going to be here for an hour with this one, but um, I love the idea of looking back into the past and saying what ideas were used then that the programme writers now could, could take and then mod- modernify. Um, I was having a look back at some of the stories of the 60s and 70s to give me a few ideas for this. It was actually a bit harder than I thought it would. Um, would be. And a lot, and I and I was coming across stories back then and thinking, oh, they kind of have already done earlier versions of that. Like um, there was a story in yeah really early in nineteen sixty when sixty uh, one sorry when the characters believed that Coronation Street was going to be demolished because Ina Sharples sees a notice up at the council uh, at the town hall when she goes to get a gas pressure looked at, and so everyone's like, oh no, this is the end of Coronation Street, and that was definitely mirrored in the two thousand tarmacking the street and then just recently Ray Crosby's going to tear down the street um you had the um coach crash in 1969 on the way to the Lake District and then just recently it's not really recently at all really there was the um the minibus crash do you remember when Steve was driving the underworld mm. minibus yeah, we that, just mentioned that it. was kind of similar um you had the you had pantomimes back in the old days you had a, a pantomime 15 years ago or so ago maybe it's time for that again maybe not baby snatching they had in the early years of Coronation Street where a little Christopher Hewitt was snatched. That was then done again with uh, Joshua Peacock in the early 2000s. Although they had to, I think they had to... Ooh, um, the cat just oh, fell sorry, over. Did I, I think Come I might on. have just kicked the cat in the head accidentally. Sorry, Abby. Um, I think they had to curtail that Josh Peacock kidnapping because it happened around the same time as the Madeleine McCann, um, what? Madeleine McCann case yes. um, was coming out. So... I don't know. Was is coming it, out, you know, was was in the news. Yeah. So I don't know. Could there be? Could there be an opportunity also, for a baby snatch again? Maybe. It was a bit of a mini baby snatch when Johnny stole his grandchild. Oh yes, I've forgotten about that one. Nice. See, this is the thing. I'm saying lots of the things that the major stories. But I suppose you know, you say there's. Is there ever anything new in soap? 
Well, this is or the fiction thing. in general. We've spoken before about this. There are certain basic human stories that repeat themselves throughout history, there, but there are certain things that are new. That's why it's exciting when Coronation Street starts to engage with technology because they can they can tell stories in a new way. Yeah, and I think maybe some of the issues stories that Coronation Street has maybe been criticised for tackling too many of in recent years is almost saying, well, we can't, we don't want to revisit the same wells again. But what are the what are the new things or what are the things that are more um, what do we understand important? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, you've got your mental health is such a big thing um, these days. So we're able to revisit that with Carla recently, but they they did still have mental health stories back in the 60s like Florrie Lindley had a breakdown didn't she at some point but it was done very differently then to how it's done now I want to say we've gone back and looked at and we've watched some highlights of the last you know the previous 60 odd years whatever and um I think things were handled a lot more sensitively than I would have expected them to have been I don't think that there were a few cases where I think Coronation Street Perhaps it didn't cover themselves with glory with certain topics, you know. But I think that they've always done big, serious storylines. Yeah, I've I've been surprised. I don't think I've ever looked back at something and gone, "Oh no, that was that was bungled really badly." The only thing you can say is that the characters sometimes portrayed questionable or unpolitically correct attitudes but I would never want to change that because that's part of history and you can't erase or pretend that didn't happen like you know Vera being homophobic like everybody being racist against um the traveling uh community that came to to the street yeah like um Steve being transphobic for example when he went on holiday well, yeah, it, it was just kind of the the embarrassment about ending up in bed. Well, um, you know, there there are things trans, th- those things were part of the way that people acted and spoke, and I don't like the idea that Coronation Street censors unsavory attitudes to save blushes, mm-hmm. because I feel that you can't if you want to fight something, you've got to acknowledge it exists. Yeah, that's all I want to say. Yeah, so there are. There aren't many stories, you're right, where you can say they did a real hash job of that back in the early days. Let's try it again. There's probably some things that I would, you know, we only saw the highlights. We didn't see really terrible things. Mm. I'd be kind of, you just mentioned about the travelling community and that was a really great string of episodes that Mm. we watched, wasn't it? And when was that? Was that early 70s maybe? Um, I'm sure it was black and white. Yes, you're right, it was. It must have been before that. Because um, Lucille was the, Lucille was the character who was really engaging with them and speaking to them and going to talk to the the travellers, and then you had, you know, like Len and all the rest of them going, let's go beat them up and get them to leave us alone. I I mean, I wonder whether they'd want to they could touch never do that, that again they because could never it's do still, it now. you know, there the, are still travelling communities around. There are, honestly, the way that the the community reacted to. The travellers in that episode, if they were to do a realistic portrayal of how people would react now, they wouldn't change any, almost anything about <laughs> it because the, the exact same things would happen. Mm-hmm. 
but, but yeah, they wouldn't want to they wouldn't want to have that I don't think they'd want necessarily to have the fallout on that you, you which is really know. unfortunate it's honestly such a sad thing that that um you can't really honestly talk about some very important social cultural things because people get too offended and upset yeah, yeah. Um, we were speaking, or you were speaking, I think it was mostly last week on the podcast about missing the opportunity to properly revisit the environmentalism story. Mm. And I know that's not that's not an old, old Corrie story, but we're still going back 25-odd years now since Spider was holding his placards and Emily Bishop was up a tree and everything. Mm. Um, and, and nowadays, because of... Uh, the global warming being in the news and and all that i, oh, I yeah. think it, that. it was a you know you know what it's like i think now would be a perfect opportunity or would have been a perfect opportunity to to look at that you talked about there's just stop oil protesters and they didn't want to go down that route whatsoever but i suppose that they it's not like they don't mention environmentalism at all because actually it was only a year or two ago that maria was uh, hinging a whole election campaign on that yeah I think Corrie's very risk adverse and <clears throat> they they only want to engage in a controversial topic if they know that there is a right side to it. And there are some things, unfortunately, that there are no right answers to and they are complicated and I think a soap could do it, but I don't think that any of the soaps are brave enough to and I'm not even going to tell you what the topics are because they're that controversial, and I don't blame them at all. I would be the same if I was in charge. I would not touch any of these things with a barge pole. Um, but, yeah, without going into too much, you know, in, in too specific, too much specifics, mm. uh, I think environmental activism is one of them, um, because there are lots of people who are incredibly vitriolic about Just Stop Oil and the like, um, but a lot of them also agree with the general principle that they're arguing about. Yeah. So that that really is a dilemma that I think Coronation Street's nailed its colours to the mast about environmental stuff. I think in this country, I I don't feel like it's as political as it is in other countries. I feel as though the environment has got a bit more of a loaded, it's a bit more of a loaded topic other in other places. I don't know why they they shied away so much from this. Um, you've also put put down some uh, idea about immigration. Um. Well, yeah, I was just thinking, you know, if I thinking right back to the very early days of Coronation Street and you had the character of Ivan Chavesky um, and he was, you know, he didn't he didn't live on the street for a long time and he was going back and forth from, I can't remember where he went off with Linda, um, but he was an early example of a non-British citizen character and... We, we don't really have anybody like that these days, do we? Yet immigration, mm, arguably, true. is it's even more topic. of an issue and a big hot topic. And they, they had they had Alina recently. What? Why didn't they have? You know, they could have. We've got blimmin' uh, Daniel sacrificing his child and his fiance and their comfort and safety uh, so that he can house uh, immigrants in his in his house which presumably are are Ukrainian. They haven't said that they're Ukrainian. I can't remember. That is heavily implied given the fact that when the when the war began, British citizens were were encouraged to sign up to give a room or even their whole house to immigrants who would come over. Well, refugees, they're not really immigrants, are they? Refugees from the war. Mm. And um it looks like that's what Daniel's done. 
uh, why aren't we? Why don't we know who these people are? Because they live a long way away, basically. I know, but it wouldn't that be interesting? I, I would find it really interesting to have a full-time immigrant character and seeing you know what prejudices they might face. Yeah, we how had... difficult that would be for them to integrate into the country in I a really similar way Vicky. to Ivan. When when she was here, mm. she she was a Polish worker who came. Ah, oh, I thought you were talking about Irish Vicky. Then you're talking oh, about no. Polish Vicky. Polish Vicky. Yeah, she she stayed in the show for a good few years. She was actually. good, and she she yeah. actually represented um, issues surrounding the fact that she was an immigrant. Mm, so maybe they have done that one again. Not recently. No, no. Not within. I would say. Not within the podcast history. No, I don't think. so. And Alina, she. She was a victim, wasn't she? She she didn't... I don't remember whether she chose to come here or if she was tricked. I can't remember now. Um, but she, she, didn't, she didn't represent somebody who's come here and said, I want to go to, to the UK because... No, she I... wasn't an asylum seeker. No, 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 no. I'm, no, I'm not talking about asylum. I'm not talking about refugees. I'm talking about somebody who says, I have come to this country. Um, there's, no, there's no controversy about how I came here. It I'm is just a here. perfectly legal process that I engaged in mm. and now I have come here to make my life better and I have criticisms and I have praises and I can give a different lens. I'm going to say we've mentioned this before on the podcast because there was that very weird story about China and trying to sell Coronation Street to Chinese people. What's that? I don't remember I, that. I, I, have a, I have a memory that there was some kind of thing that we came across. We were like, that is very strange. Why not have, unless we said this before, not that long ago, a Chinese student. Mm. We had Sheen, I can't that remember, was a while ago. Yeah. I can't but, remember which, so they have just put a Chinese family I think we in, I think that's what we said. I think we spoke about remember. it. Um, there are many, many Chinese uh, students in, in the UK. Mm. Um, why not have a if you honestly you want to engage Chinese people, there's there's like a lot of them. <laughs> that is an untapped market for Coronation Street. Imagine being out how to export Coronation Street to like yeah. over a billion people. I don't know how much they'd Get have those to censor. Figures up again, I don't it? know how much they'd have to censor for Chinese audiences. <laughs> but but like let's not pretend that every single person um Everyone on Coronation Street has an English accent because they were they were born in England, right? Mm. There are there are lots of people who, who are part of our communities that are from different countries. Let's have different voices. Yeah. Let's have different perspectives. Let's have let's have somebody. I'd love a Chinese student so much. I would love that. Yeah. Um. Going going back to the topic of old stories revisited again. I was thinking of, um, you know, how they just had number seven Coronation Street just collapse that Love one it. time in the 60s. And they just went... Do have... houses just collapse anymore? I don't really know. I mean, we had the factory collapse. But... Depends on whether they're a pub that needs to be redeveloped into something and then just suddenly <laughs> catches on fire and gets demolished all in a day. I don't think they'd ever do it, but they could. Just literally having one of the houses collapse. Well, they tried it with a sinkhole and it didn't go. Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's. As... I think if they try that now, we're like, oh, sinkhole again. Where's Leo when you need? I him? suppose it's easier to make In a house bin. collapse when it was just the front that they had to get rid of. Well, also, and now it is there's actually a building there that they would have wasn't... to properly take the wrecking ball to. Wasn't it a budget problem though? 
Yeah, yeah. It was like we don't, we literally don't have the money for this house. Just get rid of it. Yeah, we don't. Up. We haven't got enough characters to fill all the houses on the street. They problem. do not have that problem. They anymore. need more. They, they, there's a housing crisis in Weatherfield. <laughs> I, w- I w- I'd be interested in seeing that. Though. Right. So tell me some of the things that you think we could revisit this year, in 2023. Looking back on the the long and storied history. Of Coronation Street over 61 years. Like I said, really, really difficult to come up with You've some decent ideas for this. I'm trying to get you to read your list out. One of, the, one of the first things I thought of is an early Coronation Street story that maybe they haven't done anything similar like this to recently is, is the poison pen letter. No, when... I'm going to point out that there were nasty anonymous comments online. Yeah, that is... is... Is that the, the, the closest that's the thing these equivalent. days? That's the modern equivalent. That was so, Maria and also I think, Gemma. Um, Didn't Gemma get a load of I think that, hate? I think that Beth did as well yeah. one time and yeah. Craig defended her. Yeah. But a poison yeah, pen right. is something that's a little bit more personal than, and it's, it had to have come from a neighbour. Well, Ina, when... when it, when sorry, when Elsie was getting her poison pen letters, she thought it was Ina that was giving them mm-hmm, to her, mm-hmm. but actually it was somebody else that lived nearby. It wasn't person. a main character, but I don't know. Maybe somebody, in some way, getting a message that you knew was from a, a local resident. No, somehow. that happened with Maria and that and that horrible. Um, okay, been cancer. done, mm-hmm. been done. But well done, Corey, for bringing that back. Okay. Um, what about what about mixed religion marriage? So when Harry Hewitt <laughs> and Conceptor Riley that um, was quite got married did. in 1961, and he, and he was a, a Protestant and she was a Catholic, that was definitely to do both on and off screen, or I think more off screen to be honest. Um, yeah, on so, screen they they did address it, but it wasn't it wasn't like well, there was a bit where Conceptor was like, I don't know if this is going to work actually. Yeah. Um, maybe is that less relevant these days? I mean, for some, there are definitely you know, although um, the 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 world is becoming more secular in this country, definitely is. There are definitely some people who are still still do have a very strong faith, and maybe that might cause issues. I mean, we, the similar, <laughs> I guess we can look at say Billy versus Paul now, which is faith versus no faith. But mm. do we? You're not going to... The thing is, they wouldn't do this. I'd love them to. But the only way they could do it... They couldn't do different uh, sects of, of Christianity because nobody would find that... even Ooh, a Methodist un- and a Baptist. They, people wouldn't even understand what you were trying to say. Yeah. They wouldn't get it. Um, but you would have to have something like Christian and Muslim. First of all, you'd need characters that acknowledge they were religious. Mm. We had it a little bit with... Rana and Zidane, where she was obviously a lot more secular than he was, and he didn't like that, and and you know she had to go to the to the imam and talk to them, and, yeah. and she obviously was quite uncomfortable with that. You, you'd have to have a, a Muslim and a, and a Christian. It wouldn't really feel, it wouldn't feel, it wouldn't feel right to have the Muslim convert to Christianity because that would feel a bit like saying. Muslims should all convert to Christianity. But if you had it the other way around, it would just open up Muslims for criticism because everyone would be up in arms about the idea that that, that a um, that a Christian... But there wouldn't necessarily converted. need to be a conversion necessary because I'm sure oh, that there's true. plenty of marriages where people as like, my wife, the wife is Christian, the, that's true, the yeah, husband yeah, is, is Sikh or marriage. whatever. And, and maybe that could be interesting. And it was absolutely fine for Harry and Conceptor at the end of the day. And people might Not say, really. well, you know... 
Well, apart from the fact he got splattered. People might say, well, Catholic and Protestant are both much of a muchness, Uh, more so than other ones, but not necessarily. That doesn't work out, does it? Um, Yeah, I like that idea. I... mm. Any any others that um, that you think of that you'd you could have a look at my list if you like. I like this thing you've got about Dennis when he when he launched Walter Potts, <laughs> and they had uh, Brett Falcon who was actually played by Chris Sanford. Yeah, so Walter Potts was the was the character name, and Brett Falcon was his stage name, and it was this singing sensation because. Dennis Tanner was a talent scout for a while. And you're right, he was played by this actual singer called Chris Stanford, who I just discovered the other day is still alive. And he's got a website. As are we all. And he does, he's, he, he releases books about fly fishing. Nice one. So, you know, potential Calm down, future Hartley. <laughs> potential future interviewing. <laughs> Anyone want to know what it was like being Walter Potts in the 1960s? <laughs> but it, do you reckon that, that's, that we could have um, launching an actual real-life singer... I mean, Coronation Street okay. wants to woo the youth audience, don't they? I'm going to say that they did. They tried this in a very 2020s way and they botched it, which annoyed me. And it might have been even been early with in the 2020s. What? With Bethany and Groomer. What's his name? Nathan. Nathan. He tried to make her a YouTube star. <laughs> do you not remember this? Yes, I do. Doing her how it to braid so your hair. It was so brief, but that would actually be quite interesting. Yes. Having... Having... I mean, is is kind of Ryan's doing that to himself, isn't he? He he wanted to be a, an influential DJ online, mm. and then he gave up because you know because of lockdown and everything. Well, that was why he started it in the first place. To be clear, um, yeah, I like the idea. I don't think that anybody with any sense in their head would think I, working class northern person with no contacts in the industry, can launch an act. Without talent myself, I can latch onto somebody and I can nurture them into. That's not how the industry works anymore. You can be you can be somebody for with no with no contacts and have talent and become famous, but you can't become a manager. No, but I mean talents. The 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 modern equivalent to talent scouting is your Britain's Got Talent X Factor, isn't it? And you you had Chris Sanford who was a singer and through Coronation Street, he launched a single that got to number 19 in the charts the or something. Person. And that was, yeah, the the singer, the person who played Walter Potts slash Brett Falcon, launched a single and was, uh, was a, you know, he had um, screaming fangirls at the Granada Studios waiting that for him. That is quite, I can't imagine that. Can, so That's I amazing. guess the, the equivalent of that these days would be Coronation Street getting an up and coming singer casting him whilst at the same time putting him forward onto X Factor and saying, look, I fellow ITV show, can we make sure that this one gets to the judges' houses, please? That would be such a mind... Would he then get all the fans that come with that kind of show? And I don't think that that gets quite the same level of hype these days as it did maybe 20 years ago. How meta would that be? <laughs> it would be like when Gemma and, um, and everybody went on this morning. Yeah. Well, they did. They did do a thing once when um they had Andy Wyman turn up at Britain's Got Talent or the X Factor one time, didn't they? Oh, Play yeah. in the role of Kirk, yeah. saying, oh, "I'm going to sing you a song." That yeah. could be funny, but I I don't I don't see it necessarily happening. But it's an idea. Well, um, I mean, the equivalent isn't singing anymore. Celebrity is is morphed into such a nebulous concept now that it's become 
accessible to anybody. Anybody can be, you can be a celebrity for doing DIY in your house. You can be a celebrity for recording yourself cooking. Mm. Um, Why not have somebody doing like TikTok or something? Yeah. Do do they just have, as part of this Ryan Connor story, get Brian Prescott to actually upload... Ryan, not Brian. Ryan Prescott, upload pictures to his, of his abs a couple of times a week. How many, I wonder how many followers, if they set up a Ryan Connor... Yeah. I have said you know, this in real life accounts. I've said I've said that characters should have in universe social media. They had one for Norris, didn't they? Once, but you know, maybe that that'd be maybe have one for Ryan, one for Daisy. <laughs> I think the thing is, yeah, yeah. I think the thing is that a lot of actors, even if they really crave celebrity and and fame, be very quickly realise that it can be incredibly intrusive and unpleasant. And you would have to have somebody who, and you'd also, I don't, I don't know that you would be able to adequately say you've protected this person by, you know, throwing them to the walls of the internet and saying, you know, you know, right, take your top off and take a picture of you and put you on the internet and don't read the comments, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but would it be worth it to to get that younger audience that Coronation really, Street so craves? I mean, if you look back to how problematic celebrity culture was in the early 2000s, uh, and that was when social media was very, very young, if if it existed at all, um, you, you really could have got away with it then. You know, you know when we had... Um, you know, torso of the week and yeah. red circles, and I don't even know if they do that anymore. But I don't think so. you know, Britney Spears. Instead of everyone saying what, how sad, how sad and tragic she's going through something, I was like, look at her head. She shaved her hair off. Here's a photo of her crying in the in the hairdresser. You know, mm. that would have been prime time to have <laughs> taken advantage of this, but we know better now, yeah. and uh, perhaps I do not wonder, like what, if any, effect that particular story had on the viewing figures of Coronation Street back in the Which day. Which story? The, the, the Walter Potts story. Like, okay. if you gained all these extra young teenage fans, did they tune into Coronation Street like, when they I'd wouldn't like normally have done? I mean, he only had a... He was a one-hit wonder anyway at the end of the day, so it wasn't long-lasting. But oh, well. I, I could kind of think of that. Um, another More one... Than I've had. Another nice, easy one that I'd love for them to do. In the 70s, we had Bet winning the Spot the Ball competition in the paper and getting a trip for all the, all the Corrie ladies to go out to Mallorca. And I just want them to do that storyline again because i'd love for them for curry to film abroad again yeah we want them to go to ireland or northern ireland oh yeah so that because we've, we've still never been to ireland Gemma and i and we're thinking if coronation street would film there maybe we could go we can... across and do a little curry tour of ireland no the ourselves. main the main sticking point is if coronation street films in ireland or northern ireland not only can we get a plane from Southampton because they stop at Dublin or Belfast oh, yeah. and then fly to Manchester? Not only could we get a plane, but we could also put it on expenses <laughs> because we would be doing a tour of Coronation Street filming. No, locations. honestly, I, I'd, it's been so long since Corrie has filmed abroad, it almost feels like it's okay to say, yeah, just putting them abroad is revisiting an old story. But actually, that one where they went to Mallorca for, for two days, Mavis gets a, a, a boyfriend, or Bet does, but then it turns out that he he's not interested in her in the end. I would absolutely love just to have, with the current batch of Corrie ladies, or men, send them abroad just for a, a jolly good time. When was the That'd last time they filmed in a different country? Um, I can't remember now. Um, 
It might. I think it might have been that one where Steve and Eileen went to. I can't that's that, that, terrible. That island. Yeah, it's been. It's. I mean, it's not. I mean, they've the they've obviously time. been to to places. They went to South Africa most recently for the the DVD spin-off, but that's a different. Yeah, that's, I think that's, that's a, a different. That's expense a different account, of fish, so it doesn't isn't count. It? So there's one I'd like. Um, I also thought that um, you remember how Ken married Janet Reed, which was just a surprise to viewers and residents of the street. And Janet. Yeah, he, he yeah, and Janet, yeah. He, he went up to Scotland and he came back married. Could that be revisited? They kind of did it with David and Kylie when he came back and he was engaged to someone. Although this someone... It was, no, it was a character that we knew. That wasn't the first we'd seen of Kylie, was it? So maybe they did do it there. I th- this really... is all hard because it seems like you take any story and you can argue they've done it They've done it since. since. Because yeah. you've also put Long Lost Child, like Bet, and when she found her, the child that um, was the soldier and then he died. Yeah. But, you know, um, we had that with Nick and Sam. Yes, we did have that with Nick and Sam. You're absolutely right. It is so difficult. Oh, I know. Have we had it with a woman before? A character who has given birth in the past, but as yet we don't know, or or we later found out that she was a mum. The only person I can think of is Jenny, but that wasn't really the case. No, no, yeah, that's that's slightly different, isn't it? If if we had now, like. Um, like Daisy, suddenly turns out Daisy's got a secret baby. Yeah, or or maybe somebody who's a bit older, a bit more mature. Like I was going to say Fizz, but it could be Fizz because we've seen her grow up. Um, um, um. You don't like her, and she's funny. <laughs> Mary. Mary. Oh yeah, Mary's secret Dude. son. Damn, they've done that. They've literally. They've done it. They've done it. They've done it all. They've done it all. I know. I've got an idea. What if the Rovers gets into financial trouble and they have to stage a robbery? What no. if there's trouble at the factory and you can't get the order out on time? No. What if they What if the Rovers is on the brink of bankruptcy? Right. Okay. I really enjoyed. This is another one I thought of. <laughs> The love triangle-ish. And I know that love triangles aren't, are, have been done to death, but the the one with Mavis and Derek and Victor Pendlebury, which wasn't a saucy, racy love yeah, triangle. Yeah, we don't want saucy, was, racy ones. It was more of a comedic one where you had these two... Uh, this woman who was being pursued by these two men, both of whom treated her fairly badly, but it was kind of funny and one we sided with more than the other. Could we do that? Would that work with maybe Mary and Brian? And how? Because Brian's obviously um, going after Mary at the moment, isn't he? Not that she realizes yeah. this yet. Could there be another suitor come on the scene, a Victor Pendlebury type, mm. who is actually a bit more of a charmer, and Mary starts to fall for him in a way? But obviously, as the viewers, we want Brian to win, and he does. A- he is able to get Mary on his side. But then every now and then, this is the thing with Victor Pendlebury back through the through the eighties. Like years would go by, and then he'd show up on the scene again, and it's like, ah, oh, yeah, dastardly yeah. cad has returned again to sweep Mavis away. That could possibly work. I'm really struggling for ideas. This is a this is a a great question, but I I I can't think of many. I like you've written down a cult story. 
Yes, yeah, I mean, that was, you know, not from the 60s and 70s, but we had the cult in um, the late 90s with the with the Etheric Foundation and the cult of Nirab. How long Could we does revisit it need that? to be? How long is does it... it need to be, Mark? No, this is David, this guy. Oh, story. sorry, David, yeah. Da- Storylines from the past. So I think we can go back to the 90s if we want to and revisit okay. our cult storyline. Personally, I don't think we need a new cult. I'd be quite interested yeah, to see too. what's actually happening with the cult of Nira. We were so Bring con- back Joe Froggart's character, Zoe Tattersall. I Bring think back, she's um, probably a bit too grand to come no, back. No, she'd come back. She'd reckon? come back. Bring back, um, what's his face? Who's Game of Thrones man. Um, Game of Thrones man. I can't yeah. remember what his name is now that, that played the leader. Yeah. I'd, I'd love them to revisit name. that. Um, ooh, we we thought that we were going there with um, the Bond to Kidnap Summer. Um, yeah, Mike and uh, Esther. Esther. I would have loved that to have turned that out. Been, I oh, really we, think... We did. We thought that that could were, have been a cult. Honestly, we? if I was on Corrie and I'd listened to our show and heard that, I would have been kicking myself going, why didn't we make them cult people? <laughs> that would have been great. Cults aren't really a a big talked about thing at the moment they're not a big talked about thing but I'm going to tell you they still exist oh yeah absolutely but when when people kind of started to realise what was going on with Scientology suddenly everyone was thinking well cults this cults that but it's you can't I don't think we're legally allowed to link those two things together (laughs) I'm not getting Um, in trouble so that I was wondering you know if we think about how which older stories can we visit and now they might look different with different technology you had um another classic story from the 80s was when jack and vera both signed up for that dating yeah. agency and that led to the uh the vince and claire yeah. carol monroe we what would that look actually like? had which would be so easy to do a couple break up or they're cheating on each other and they both end up on tinder or that's that's the equivalent isn't it it really is and but it was so funny then with jack and vera doing it and i don't know whether that would just be like oh i can't believe that they're doing that and it wouldn't be able to find the comedy so you'd have to of a cat of a couple like the the closest ones i can think of would have been michelle and, and steve or maybe steve and tracy but not recently when this was still about i can totally see them both ending up on what would the, what would be the Weatherfield equivalent of Tinder? I'm sure there is one. I don't know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can imagine them both of signing up behind each other's backs. The thing then... with Jack and Vera though is it was we were supposed to believe oh they've been together for so long they've grown sick of each other <laughs> and they they're looking for something new. But on Coronation Street these days couples don't stay together for more than a couple of years. Well, and it's also grow, have time to grow weary of each other and start to want to look elsewhere. But also in the day it was funny when Jack and Vera is like ha ha he just wants a bit of slap and tickle with another lady yeah whereas now it'd be it's totally without her consent if you if you don't want you know you can't cheat behind her back it's he's a, he's a dog well yeah jack jack used to go you know after dulcie frogger on his window round didn't he mm. and you're right it was very much like it's like well you know who could stand her anyway whereas these days you wouldn't you wouldn't have that no energy. but i suppose you're right having having characters both signing up to a dating website they could do it you know, maybe Sally's feeling a little bit... Um, no. She doesn't have... She's Tim's not giving her all the attention. Maybe it's related to his... Because he had his, his problems in the bedroom last year, didn't he? Maybe Sally then signs up to one of these websites 
just because she wants to get some compliments. She wants to yeah. feel feel attractive Maybe again. Maybe it's a website for friends and lovers. Uh, that that and could... she signs up for friends, but she clicks the wrong button. That could work. We, there was. Do you remember there was the story um, a few years ago when um, Maria signed up to one of those and she said, I just like to Netflix and chill. Oh, yeah. And then, then she didn't realise what that actually meant. Well, did I at the time? I had to learn that at the same time. But yeah, I'm thinking if Sally signs <laughs> up to a, a dating website because she feels that Tim isn't giving her quite enough attention, accidentally clicks an option to make it look like she wants relationship and then does she find does she find Tim on there but why would Tim have been on there it's also to try I'm feeling that there's the germination of an idea it could work you know maybe maybe Tim is looking for Craig maybe Craig's come to him said I need I need a lady friend and and, and and Tim's like, I know how to read and right now I can help you set up your account. And then he types in, you know, I wonder who's, who's round here that you mm. might be able to get off with. Yeah. And then he does it geographically and he says, oh, there's a milf here for you. <laughs> Hang on a minute. She looks familiar. Yeah. Could, could be funny. But probably if they did that, people would say, oh, you're just copying, just copying the Jack and Vera story. But like, as, well, as a, we kind of seem to, have, seem to have discovered here, there has been, there has been an awful un- lot of copying old stories. There's now new under the sun, Michael. I'd, I'd like to also see, and something that worked really well, but they'd have to invest in this in a long time, the Mike and Ken rivalry storyline we was epic. We were very keen that this would be rekindled with the return of Adam and, and Daniel. We were yeah, sure. Yeah, you're right. When they first came back, we were saying brilliant they're they're re you know they're, they're rekindling this for the new era can't believe how brilliant what a great idea this is the reincarnation of, of mike and and ken's prodigy coming on the show and you know rehashing the great uh the great rivalry and, and then it just went to nothing mm. because they didn't hear us and or care what we thought <laughs> i mean Again, thinking about revisiting old stories, you, there have been ways that Daniel's life has mirrored Ken's in some, like the the tragic um, young, young wife. wife lost and left Raising holding a the baby. baby and things like that. But yeah, maybe not so much the the rivalry. Being arrogant, the, uh, overestimating how smart you are, etc. Mm, the 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 closest rivalry we talked about earlier was Carla and Tracy, although that. That wasn't necessarily... I don't even remember how that started, but I don't think it was born out of um, the love triangle, which... No. That's the, the same way Ken's and Mike did. So maybe maybe we need to have a, a story where that there is two guys fighting well, over a woman, but the they thing, need to invest okay. in it, and it needs to be long-lasting. I'm going to point out to you that it wasn't just two men after the same woman. It was two men who were ideologically opposed yeah, you're, you're right, to you're each right. other. Who, who couldn't... Spiff like Couldn't Baldwin. disrespect each other's entire life philosophies more or have come to the situation in life at more, more of a different way than both these men. Ken and Mike were a, a perfect fictional face off between two different ways mm, of life mm. and they're the only the closest thing you can get to that really i'm thinking is actually daisy and daniel because she's she is very superficial and um consumerist and he is very intellectual and um and, and, he, and he dislikes frivolity. And these two characters have made a relationship out of each other rather than a rivalry. But if they were brother and sister, I that would be a really fascinating um, 
sort but of if if this ends up working round to be Ryan and Daisy having an affair, are Ryan and Daniel different enough for that to no. work as a rivalry? Not really. Well, I mean, no. It is intelligence I don't for... Think... I'm sure that Daniel looks down on Ryan in some way. I don't think Ryan has feels as though he is... Has it has in, is deeply invested in anything. the reason why he does anything? <laughs> no, you know, uh, Mike hated how much Ken looked down on him, and Ken hated everything Mike stood for, and the fact that he was successful only made it worse. Mm. There's nothing like Ken versus Mike. Deirdre was basically incidental to the whole thing. She, she's the one. She's the reason that they kept clashing heads. If you know, if she didn't exist as a character, they would not have had much to do with each other. Apart from Susan, obviously, but but the fact that they were fighting over her made it all the more exciting. Coronation Street could do quite well to try to look and see if they can create a rivalry. You have to have characters that are very, very, very. You have to have established the, like, characters, and you have to have characters who. Um, yeah, who have deliberately decided to live their life to assert for a certain person. And, and as we were saying right at the very beginning of this podcast, there's so many characters now that will do whatever the writers yeah. tell them to 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 as the plot yeah bends them. That sort of character is, is harder to come by. There's definitely still a possibility that they could develop this with Adam and Daniel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I think that'd be a great... Adam, for Adam is... It feels to me... And, and there's a bit of... There's a bit of a likeness. Maybe I'm... Maybe I'm uh, remembering people's faces wrong. There's a slight bit of, of likeness between him and young Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> it's the glaring and, and uh, the pacing. Um, <laughs> but but if, if Adam, from his tattered relationship and um unborn child lost you know lost child lost opportunity if he turns bitter and anti-family uh and and leans more into um dis dispassionate uh ruthless business ruthless, yeah if he sort of starts caring more about the, the law firm and churning money out and getting people in. I don't care what the case is. I don't care who's right or wrong. I want the money. I want the money. I want the money. And then you have yeah. and you have uh, Daniel maybe leaning more into raising Bertie, um, marrying Daisy, being a family man. Those two. I don't know what would cause them to. Why argue. not? You know, Adam. Adam as his off as his way with Daisy because yeah. she's certainly not as keen on Daniel as she used to be. <clears throat> so maybe Adam's able to tempt her away, and that could be the catalyst for it. Again, people say, "Well, it's just the same story," but come on, it's forty years on. It, honestly, I, I, there's so much I potential for Adam versus Daniel. Um, be not just because of the the family history and background. Because honestly, I think most people watching it now really don't don't know or remember or care about Ken and Mike anymore, which is sad to say, but it's true. Um, and also, Daniel and Daniel and um, and Adam are both good-looking young men. Yeah, there are plenty of ladies on 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 Twitter. You could fire them up and I'd hate using fandoms like this I think it's really dangerous who's the hottest but you could fire those <laughs> girls up to tweet endlessly about who's better at Daniel and Adam 
I don't wouldn't like to be the actors involved in this, and, and I don't necessarily condone this. But if I was trying to make my show popular on the internet, this is what I'd do. I'd have two hot men having a fight. I'd have them take their clothes off and wrestle in the gutters uh, and recreate old um, Gail and uh, Eileen, except a bit more sexy. <laughs> Well, they didn't try to sex up um, no, Ken and Mike's fight. He just bopped him on the they nose in the factory one No, they didn't. The they didn't, but we're in a different era. This was supposed to be what would you do in 2023. Well, there we go. And then. here's my long-term projection, <laughs> my plan. I'm going to do some pie charts, if you like. <laughs> but, I mean, this this kind of reminds me of a little bit of, like, the, the rabbit hole we went down with Ali and Ryan as uh, sexy oh, yeah. brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, maybe we came up with a couple of ideas for you there, uh, David. David, sorry, I've... David. If you were, if you were, if you're secretly in the production, in the production suite, I don't think it's, he helped you. It's as I say, it's really difficult because they've just done it so many times, and some of it's recently. I mean, yeah. you had early on in Coronation Street, they had a couple of stories which um, touched on suicide. You had um, Christine Hardman on the roof. You had Sheila Bertels with her pills, and then, and and. It hasn't been touched on loads in Coronation Street, obviously, but you had Ken uh, trying to take his own life in the early 90s, and then obviously Aiden recently. That's been done before. Even things like, you know, um, Myra Booth's obsession with catalogue buying. Well, you've had that with Kathy and Gina recently yeah, have Gina. been obsessed with that kind of thing. Um, unexploded World War Two bombs. Yeah, they had that in the Peacock's Garden, again, maybe 15, 20 years ago. There's just been so much that has already been done. Maybe that's why Cory, some might say, is struggling to come up with ideas sometimes now. It's like, oh, we've already been over our back catalogue once. We can't do it again, can we? <laughs> I say go for it. <laughs> no, I think Cory has still got lots of good ideas. I think they're doing really... I think it's hard. And I think the other thing to point so out, difficult. too... Is that you're talking about, you know, I don't know how many years, 30 years, two episodes a week, I don't know. And then now we've got, you know, six episodes a week. Of course we're going through everything because yeah. we're going through more episodes. Such a pain. I, was, I can't remember why I was looking this up the other day, but I saw that episode 3000 of Coronation Street was the one where, um, was, was around where Rita was in Blackpool with Alan Bradley. And they had 3,000? Are you kidding me? Yeah. And we're now 11,000. Yeah. Think We've seen so, uh, quite a large seen, percentage yeah. of Coronation Street now. And they, yeah. it, feel, it feels like there was so yeah. much crammed into those 3,000 episodes. You could have, yeah, you could have just watched 10 years of Coronation Street and seen more than a sixth of Coronation Street. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was less, less time to fill there, wasn't there? Maybe they should go back to two episodes a week and then see how everyone bloody likes that. <laughs> I want them to. I want them to have another story where they end up with sea lions in a bath somehow. Why not? I, I'm going to go all for it, and maybe it can be linked to climate change. Oh yeah. Um, I think I think we're done. If anyone else has got any ideas for this, I'd absolutely love to hear it. If you can think of any interesting think, old stories that yeah. Coronation Street hasn't revisited or, or painted over how in a different about way, redoing what they did which I still stand by saying was a fantastic piece of telly um, when um, Ken's mum died and we don't know what happened the whole episode and it, it slowly becomes apparent to us that she was she's been killed yeah and he we spend all all episode following Ken and What's happened, Frank yeah. desperately searching cutting away to the police officers going there's a, there's a scarf with blood on it and it's got <laughs> Mrs. Barlow written on. Who could this belong to? Yeah. <laughs>
Oh yeah. Oh, but I'm sure. I'm sure I mean, there's... you you complain about experimental, um, and I do as well. Experimental storytelling, uh, you know, as far as cameras, ca- you know, angles and and things. But that really, I can't, I can't imagine Coronation Street doing that now. Um, and I think they were a bit more experimental wow, in the early days. Yeah, but then they didn't have a formula. They weren't spoiler culture. Then, they weren't. They? Yeah, but they weren't running to a formula they they kind of could do what they wanted they created the formula yeah yeah anyway 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 that's that's enough of that that's quite a long listener question segment thank you mark and thank you david thank you very much they're really good thought-provoking questions and even though we've been talking for nearly two hours it still feels like we have barely brushed the surface of truly answering yeah, them. Yeah, so, so send us some messages over yourself. To you. What do you think? Over Give to us you. some of your ideas. Any of the characters that have changed loads over the year, for better or for worse. Yeah. Let's do some more betters. I feel like well, it's so easy to go down the negative, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, there have been lots of characters that have changed for the better. Um, but any others that really stand out to you? And if you can think of any old Coronation Street stories that you think need a new lick of paint for 2023. And you, I mean, I, I kind of was thinking about the first 20 years, but maybe 30, but is there anything from the early 2000s that we could maybe revisit again? Something from the 90s without without it feeling too much? Or oh, they've only just done this recently? Maybe that's just me and I'm still thinking, no, it wasn't long ago since we had the 90s, was it? I'm not old. No, it was <laughs> just yesterday. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's it. Um, everybody, we will be back on um, Saturday with our sum up of the week, our first full week of Henry Newton, all the goings on in the Rovers last night. And um, whatever else the week still has to, to bring us, really. So thank you for listening. Email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. Then of your thoughts on these topics or whatever you like. Um, and, you know, we're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on X. And Patreon as well. Gemma, we done? We are we done, done Zoe. Yeah, okay. Right, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, oh, oh.